0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome back to another episode of the IT Pro TV podcast. I'm your host, Dom Pizzette. Back again with, well, another episode, and we're going to be focusing on security in this one because, well, you know, we have just been jam-packed with security news lately. The Equifax breach keeps getting bigger and bigger. They announced another some 1.5 million people have been added onto the list of breach candidates on that one, so it just keeps getting worse and worse. And uh, so I've got a special guest here in the studio, or at least digitally in the studio with me. Uh, I've got Art Gillen, CEO of Skyport Systems, who is joining us. Art, thanks for being in studio with us.
1: It's my pleasure, Don. Thank you
0: very much for having me. And uh, Skyport Systems, you know, they have an interesting solution that basically is designed to help sit in between our our cloud infrastructure and our on-premises infrastructure to help protect us from these, these types of breaches that really, uh, you know, the attackers get a foothold into an environment, and then they just start getting deeper and deeper and deeper, and it really creates a, a, a challenging environment for us to protect from. So, uh, so before I get ahead of myself, Art, why don't you take a moment and introduce yourself to our viewers, kind of let them know who you are, and and tell us just a little bit about Skyport Systems.
1: Thank you, Don. So my name is Art Gilliland, as he said. Uh, I've been in the security industry for about 17 years. I started, I actually tripped over security on accident at a startup. Uh, That company was acquired by Symantec. I spent about six years at Symantec, ultimately running their information security business. Uh, and then joined Hewlett Packard to run their security business for uh, a number of years before joining Skyport uh, in 2015 as their CEO.
0: So, in this particular case, um, you know we keep talking about Equifax because the the attack it really it keeps evolving. We keep learning a little bit more about it. And and you had an interesting quote that you released about how. It wasn't just one hacking team that got into this one. There were actually more than one involved. Can you tell me a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, I think some of the, I mean, obviously we're going to learn more and more uh, over time as uh, as more research happens. That's always true for every breach. You never know exactly what happened at the beginning. Um, but one of the really interesting things that came out recently is that they're connecting it to nation state attackers. Um, and the part of the story that I found most interesting was that uh, the nation-state attackers essentially just contracted with a bunch of other uh, entities to break in, and so they're finding evidence of multiple different kinds of uh, adversaries breaking in, and then what those ad- those those break-in artists did is then just handed off uh, the access points to much more sophisticated uh, professionals, if you will, uh, to actually do the damage and and map out the environment and find the assets or data they were looking for and then be able to exfiltrate or steal that data from uh from equifax and so that sort of separation of duties if you will in the process the fact that there is a step-by-step process and that there are multiple different um actors if you will probably some cyber criminal gangs uh, nation states as well as just sort of for hire attackers uh i think is a pretty typical uh, example of what a lot of enterprises face, and uh, Equifax is just the latest uh, painful example of that.
0: Now, a lot of people are really quick to blame Equifax for this. You know, it's their fault. They should have patched. But I think we really have to have a better understanding of the timeline, you know, what, what this attack looked like before we can figure out exactly who's to blame, because, yeah, you know, they they very well could be at fault. They, they may not have patched in, in a reasonable amount of time, or maybe the attack was so aggressive. So what, what, what's, your take, what's your take on that timeline?
1: The the adversary really only has to be right one time, and you have to be right all the time, uh, and so that's one of the challenges. And I'm sure, you know, I'm sure that Equifax made mistakes, but I think the reality is that from the time that this uh, vulnerability was disclosed to the time that they were infiltrated, it was about two to three months, uh, and that sounds like a lot of time. Um, but when you're a, you know billion-dollar company with infrastructure all over the place, getting all of that stuff patched as fast as possible is, uh, is is complicated, especially if there's other projects that are going on. And so you just you don't expect to be attacked, uh, although you should. Uh, companies just, I think, struggle with uh, responding as fast, because this is just one of the vul- vulnerabilities that they hear about every single week. And on Tuesday, Microsoft has kind of trained people. More vulnerabilities are coming out. Get out there and patch everything. Um, but it's hard to keep up with all this stuff.
0: Yeah. Now, as a, as a business, I, I know one of the challenges that people are facing is that in the, in the olden days, we had data centers, right? There's a, if you had a business, all of your servers right there in your own data center, you kind of had a, a, a gateway, an entry point. You knew how people entered your network. You knew how people exited your network and you were able to monitor those points and see when there was malicious activity or just unusual activity, right? You, you had that, that visibility to be able to see it. But in in today's world, things have become a lot more complex. That now we've got these hybrid networks, where yeah, maybe I, I have my on-premises servers, but I've got some servers in Amazon Web Services, or I've got web applications, containerized web applications that might be in more than one cloud service, reaching back to to local databases. Now that network becomes a lot more nebulous, right? We don't we don't have that boundary anymore. That is a, a kind of a single point where we can monitor and, and see when these attacks go on. So I know that that's one of the areas that you specialize in, and that, that Skyport has a solution in. Can you tell me a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, when you think about what's changed for companies, is they have, they are the cloud has really massively changed the way in which people think about consuming services or consuming uh, infrastructure, and so almost every company that we talk with. Uh, has some of their uh, services and infrastructure coming from the cloud, whether it's SaaS services or infrastructure that they're just renting from Amazon or Google or Microsoft, and then that's connecting back into Uh, data centers or uh, sort of smaller uh, computing locations that they have in their environment. And so that connection, that permanent sort of connection back and forth between someone else's infrastructure and your infrastructure is sort of the heart of where uh, Skyport uh, spends its time. Um, In particular, the connections in between those two places have just changed. Um, and they've changed the requirements, Uh, most of the interaction that happens between an external service and an internal application uh, is managed by an application, managed by a gateway, if you will. Um, And the way in which those things connect, the the types of uh, traffic that they use between applications and applications are different than than what firewalls and typical perimeter technology are used to dealing with. Um, and so we, uh, we offer and work with customers to help make that connection a lot more manageable, a lot easier to, to deal with and more flexible um, and more secure.
0: Now, I know, um, like, let, let's say that I have a web application that is deployed in it, and it's in AWS, right? So Amazon Web Services, and I'm leveraging their virtual private cloud. So we, we've created this partition network for the web application. We've exposed it to the world, right? We need the, the, the customers to be able to get to it. But it's got a phone home. It's got to be able to reach out to, to my on-premises databases, or, or at a minimum, my employees need to be able to get to it securely. So I know that that services like the AWS VPCs, you can you can build a VPN tunnel up. You can have where your hardware has a secure tunnel, and if an attacker were to get into that, that would be really bad. But uh, you know what you're saying is that the, the tunnel is not enough. There's still there's still more risk to be found there.
1: That's right. I mean, I think the the reality is that tunnel, uh, for the most part, is a an encrypted street if you will for all of the data from the cloud to move into uh, and connect to your own data center and i think the challenge that uh, a lot of customers face with that is that starts in amazon to an externally facing application that application itself is vulnerable amazon is secure and the infrastructure you're running on is secure but that application you put up there is not typically secure and so now you have this relatively insecure application in this case let's say the equifax breach had a Uh, Apache web server up there with the struts vulnerability on it, you could attack that infrastructure in Amazon and get access to that application. And if you've created a VPC or that encrypted tunnel back into your data center, now the adversary literally has an encrypted tunnel all the way through all of your network security infrastructure back to the application you connected it to. Um, Because most customers uh, and most, uh, most organizations actually terminate that encrypted tunnel in the heart of their data center. And so essentially what they've done is they've made all of their network security investment irrelevant because they've gone through it in an encrypted way and the adversary has a literally a protected tunnel into the heart of the data center. And so what we are working with customers to do is to run that application, that gateway application that connects to the the cloud and terminate the, the encrypted tunnel that you correct, because I think those VPC tunnels are powerful, but terminate it in a place that allows you to uh, secure it. You used to terminate that at the edge of your network at, in the DMZ, um, but customers and companies just aren't doing that now. They're terminating in the heart of their data center, and if you're gonna do that, you need to terminate it in a secure enclave, and that's what uh Skyport delivers to customers.
0: So how is it handling that? Like, how is it sanitizing that data? Is this a uh, you know behavioral or heuristic scan? Is it a white listing? What, what type of, of activities are, are you performing to make sure that that data is safe or, or that the, the types yeah. of traffic on that line is safe?
1: It's, it's actually much simpler than that. Uh, if you think about the historic uh, DMZ in a network, it was essentially the edge of your environment connecting out and all, and then another edge on the other side connecting in. So it really was a safe zone or a quote unquote uh, zone that was protecting you from the outside uh, and then controlling connections out and controlling connections in. And what uh, we're doing is we run an application in an enclave, basically a, a logical or a specific segment of your network. You put an application in it and we draw a perimeter around that thing Uh, no matter where it is. So you don't have to have firewalls, you don't have to have proxies, you don't have to have a bunch of that other technology because it's all built in as a software defined environment. Uh, And so these things can be deployed in a branch office, they can be deployed in the heart of your data center without making a lot of uh, really sophisticated and difficult changes in your environment and we can completely isolate the applications that run in it. Um, and so it, it's, it's essentially building a perimeter or a network zone that's specific to that one application and protecting everything, not only protecting it from everything around it, but protecting everything around it from the thing you're, that you're running.
0: You know, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it that way. I, I'm reminded of the first time that I, I set up a, an AWS connection like that. I, I'm an Amazon guy. I, I've worked with Microsoft Azure and Google Compute, but, but AWS is kind of that market leader. Um, the first time I set up a, a VPC private connection like that, it was a nightmare. Like they, they, uh, they only supported one routing protocol and that was BGP and BGP is yep. just not a user-friendly routing protocol. They only supported certain hardware. So you had to have particular Cisco firewalls or, or whatever to be able to build that connection up. So it wasn't easy. And because it wasn't easy, a lot of people didn't do it, which put them at risk. And, uh, so you said like with Skyport, is this a, it's an appliance or a software appliance that you, you deploy? What, what does that look like in a deployment model to make it easy?
1: Yeah, so we are we are we are an appliance, and so we uh, we are essentially. It's interesting. We are uh, following a, almost the exact same sort of service model that an Amazon or uh, an Azure would 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 follow. In that we're delivering a service to our customers, and it happens to run in an appliance. that runs in your environment, um, but it's completely cloud managed. So there's no software to deploy, nothing to upgrade or update. We manage all of that maintenance and operations to protect the uh, platform uh, so that you are guaranteed a secure platform. And if anything fails ever, we just replace the, the appliance for you. Um, and so all you have to worry about as a uh, as a customer is what app do you want to deploy? And we you can run anything you can virtualize, you can run in us. And then what policies do you want to enforce? And so literally, you can. Get our system, our appliance, in a box at your door. And in about 20 minutes from uncrating it to plugging it in, you can be moving workloads into it. And it includes the hypervisor, the storage, the networking, the security uh, technologies, uh, and all of the analytics uh, to be able to manage and run that infrastructure.
0: Yeah, and I, I think this stuff is really important because it it has been a challenge in the past and you don't you don't want there to be obstacles to good security and, and that's I think what we've what we've really had and we've seen more and more even even not recently right the the target compromise when, when they had their their credit card databases or not databases just their credit card traffic was all intercepted and relayed that was all done through a single week network right through their I believe it was their HVAC or air conditioning network right. yeah, that that, that then turned into a giant leapfrog attack that once they, they got in at that one little spot, then the attackers were able to get all the way to the cash register, which was really, really bad. So having something in between, that, that's really handy. Now, how, how do you handle services where, um, you know, maybe we've tried to diversify across the cloud. So I've got a web application that's deployed in Azure and AWS, how, how would you handle that?
1: Yeah, so I mean, a lot of times customers are creating those connections Uh, or they're routing them back into uh, a data center. They're controlling the data path between them uh, and routing it back into and We would just be a place for routing the connections. If you're you're connecting from an application that's sitting in your own data center into two different front ends, uh, that to us is just a different path or a different route. So it it is almost irrelevant where you run your services. Uh, If it's connecting back into your environment, we are the place you want to land that traffic.
0: Awesome. Well, you know, it's definitely an area that needs to be addressed. I'm glad there's companies like yours that are out there to, to provide us that layer of protection and, and ultimately to make it easy, because that's really a big challenge that we bump into. Now, I know that, that Skyport does more than, than just that. I, that's your primary focus. But what, what are some of the other things that, that you guys deliver?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at what, what that platform is, it's a way to securely isolate the applications that you're running. Um, and so obviously a really important one is the connections outside and inside because you want to make sure you're controlling that, that, uh, the communications that's happening there. But there are a couple of other places where people are using this also. Uh, one of them is if you think about uh, what cloud has done is it's made your network a lot more porous. And so you have really high value assets, uh, things that you use to set the rules in your environment, things like Active Directory or DNS or uh, those key signing servers. And so what customers are using us for is to isolate or create a secure enclave for those types of systems, too. Active Directory tends to be one of the most important and the one that they, uh, they do the most. Um, and so that's one side. And if you sort of flip that on its head and think about those as the critical things you want to protect from the general environment, there's also these ugly old applications that run in your environment that you want to protect everything else from. You still have to have them because they drive revenue or money, but they were written in on an old platform like Windows 2003 or old versions of, of Linux. And so uh, legacy applications or out of compliance applications or other kinds that you want to enclave off. And so uh, that's uh, that's another place that, that people use us. It's essentially the same technology of creating a secure landing spot and controlling traffic in and out. Um, uh, micro segmentation starter kit uh, is probably a good way to think about it, um, but that uh, but you do that for these critical apps, you do it for these legacy apps, but primarily it's uh, it's at your network perimeter. It's creating sort of virtualizing your DMZ or virtualizing your perimeter.
0: Well, I'm I'm glad you mentioned Active Directory. You know that that is an area where you've got very sensitive data, user credentials, and a lot of people they stand up a domain controller and they assume that that Microsoft's done everything we need to make sure that, that data is secure and safe. And the reality is that domain controllers have inherent weaknesses and in that they expect all machines to be able to connect to them and start throwing LDAP requests at it. And that can be a, a big vulnerability, one a lot of people don't look at. And the other problem is domain controllers are normally being accessed by internal hosts. So it's not like you've got a whole lot of firewalls there or anything that's protecting or even inspecting that data. So that's a, uh, that is a, an area that's weak. Even if you're not connected to the cloud at all, just internally, we've got that kind of a problem. So, can you?
1: You, you see, you see that setup. Just uh, you see that 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 challenge. And Microsoft does give people advice on how to set it up, but that advice itself is also like 250 pages. So, uh, <laughs> customer customers struggle to maintain the the best practice, if you will, uh, with Active Directory for the reason that it's it's uh, an incredibly complex application that touches everything. Um, but it also are, are the keys to the kingdom, essentially.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, you know, to, to try and, and summarize it here, you know, when we have a web-facing application, there's always going to be risk. There's always going to be vulnerabilities because that it's exposed to the public. But if we, if we take care and protect our assets that are in the, the local environment, if we secure that tunnel between our web-facing customer application and our back-end data, we can really improve security and prevent attacks like these. So uh, for our viewers, if they want to learn more about Skyport, where can they go?
1: Yeah, so I mean, obviously, if you want to learn about Skyport, the best place to go is to our website, uh, skyport.com, skyportsystems.com. And so uh, that would be probably the best place. You can also follow us on LinkedIn, Skyport Systems on LinkedIn. uh, And we publish a lot of uh, technical blogs and, and things like that, talking about some of the changes that we see coming uh, whether it's you know how cloud is changing the perimeter or the impact of encryption on uh, security technologies, uh, and so there's a lot of uh, learning and and not a lot of marketing stuff, mostly uh, just technical learning types of documentation that we uh, that we'd like to publish on that channel. So that would be one good place, or go to skyportsystems.com.
0: Yeah, definitely a great way to go and and learn about some of the things that are going on and see one of the possible solutions that are out there. Uh, definitely a, a really neat one. Uh, you know, it's it's such a It's such a complex world now that we have the software-defined networks, we have cloud services, that there is no just single data center that you have to protect. Uh, It makes things really challenging. So it's an area that people really need to keep their eyes on. And as long as we continue to be weak in that area, we're going to see more and more breaches like these where they're just not being contained. And you you, you might not be able to stop the breach, but at least you can contain it once it happens, if you've got the, the protection measures in place. Well, uh, Art, I really do appreciate you spending time with us. I know our viewers do too. Uh, do you have any parting words you wanna mention before we wrap up?
1: Yeah, so I think the, the one thing that I would uh, sort of just offer up on the security side of it is one of the biggest challenges that customers are facing are, is managing the basics. And so what you see in Amazon and cloud and a lot of these uh, services is this idea of shared responsibility. Um, and we believe that that shared responsibility is gonna come into the infrastructure that you run in your own data center. And that's why we, we went on this, uh, this. We embarked on Skyport Systems, where you're still going to need to run local systems, but shared responsibility, where the vendor is responsible for making sure that their products are secure and up to date, uh, is I think a way that we're going to be able to radically reduce the, the security breaches that occur. Um, and so, taking off the burden of managing the infrastructure so you can focus on your applications and your policy. Um, that's the benefit of cloud, that's the benefit of cloud-managed infrastructure, and, and uh, we hope that it will make a big difference in the, in the environment.
0: Excellent. Well, like I said, I really do appreciate having you on the show, and uh, if you guys want to learn more about them, go to skyportsystems.com, check out their website. It's uh, really good information to be had right there. But we are out of time for this episode, so we're going to wrap this one up. Thank you all for watching, and be sure to check back as we have more episodes of the IT Pro TV podcast coming out on a regular basis. Lots of good information to be covered there. We focused on security in this episode, but know that we cover a lot of different topics. And if you have suggestions, feel free to reach out to us on our social media channels and other avenues of communications. But as always, I do appreciate you guys watching. Signing off for IT Pro TV, I've been your host, Don Pizzette, and I will see you next time.